Hey friends, this is <laughs> Hannah Bonner. I am sitting here with my dear friend Britt Baker here in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and welcome to the first Shout podcast. Um, that's what I'm calling it until I forgot what else to call it. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> I was calling it a podcast too, so it works. <laughs> awesome. Um, so we are here and uh, have just, I've been in St. Louis meeting with some young adults about anti-racism work and so thrilled to, to get to connect, reconnect with Britt, who is one of um, the most talented artists, musicians who's come through our Shout community there in Houston, Texas and relocated up here to St. Louis now. And so she sends her love back to Houston. With all the love. Yes, yeah, so ton of hearts floating t- in the sky. <laughs> little heart halos. T- tell us about a little bit about what's been going on uh lately and give the people give the people some love give them, give them some love mm-hmm. um you want a love song you want like love words oh, oh whatever your heart leads you to we are, um, we are laid back here. <laughs> um i don't know I've, I've been traveling and i've been writing and i've been working and i've been writing and repeat kind of drinking mm-hmm. coffee repeat um I don't know. I, I, I'm in St. Louis, and the climate here is is, is very interesting. Um, I, I'm not going to use terms like good or bad or anything like that, but it's definitely a lot of work to be done, as is with the rest of the world. And um, just just here trying to spread some love and good energy and, and play my guitar for people and sing songs. I just got a piano. Play my piano for some folks. Um, yeah. You're like a, a one-woman arts and justice movement by yourself. <laughs> In some ways, yeah. Yeah, we just get to walk around your house here where you've got beautiful artwork and paintings, and uh, you do poetry, you do music, the full expression of, of the intersection between arts and justice, and so... Total right-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> we, love you, we love you for it. We love you for it. But yeah. let's, uh, let's get more into conversation about what you've experienced around justice, but let's start with a song first. Um, give people a taste of what you do. Cool. Um, this song is called Can't Keep Up. It's one of my favorites. At some point, I'll have an EP for you to download it. But right now, you can experience it. Experience it via this this podcast, shout, the Shoutcast. Awesome. <laughs> How's the sound? Sometimes 
pretend I can fly I'll levitate from this place Only to realize That no matter where you are Reality is all the same And destruction of the center of our hearts So I'm channeling the healing Cause I'm struggling with the feelings From what the world is dealing with Never forget that Only love can dilute hate So I keep on loving Keep on lighting Trying to be the light So I keep on writing Keep on vibing Embracing what's inside Pretend I can fly and levitate from this place Only to realize that no matter where you are Reality is all the same Can't keep up. Um, I actually wrote that while I was in Houston. Yeah. Yeah, it's the last. It's like one of the last songs I wrote when I was in Houston. Wow. And um, never got a chance to play it in Houston though. But well, now they're he- now they will hear it. Yeah. Cool Do you want to tell us a little bit about you know how, how you what inspired you to write that song? Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't keep up. Honestly, it <laughs> was um, it's it was actually before the Sandra Bland incident happened, and I think at ta- that time. Um, what was the conversation? The oh geez, it was when did the the neighbor crying thing happen? The I can hear my neighbor crying, I can't breathe. That little song was kind of coming out, uh-huh. and um, Samuel L. Jackson like put a charge out to have everyone um, make a statement, and it was kind of like the counter to the ice bucket challenge or something. But it was like let's have a social justice challenge, and it was one of those things where on the news, Poppy, don't bark. Um, it was one of those things on the news where every day I turned on the TV. Poppy! I'm going to put him in the house. Um, every day I turned on the TV, it was a different person that was being um, shot, murdered, hurt, killed. 
Mm-hmm. Can you pause it? Sure. Or will it, like... I don't know. <laughs> and it'll probably pick back up where it is. Here, I'm going to put you in the house, because you're going to keep barking. I know you. I know you so well. I know you forever, and I know you're going to bark, because you like barking at people. I don't know if you think is, This is part of the process, yeah, people. I don't know if he thinks process. he's like going to protect us because he's like <laughs> two inches tall. Go. Go play with Amari or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, is it still going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, and I, it was just so much stuff that was happening on the news and... And I was asking myself a lot of questions. Like, I started off, and I'm like, I've been sitting here hoping, wishing, praying, wondering, and all this other stuff. And there were so many questions I couldn't answer for myself, and I couldn't answer for other people. And um, that kind of just helped me to birth the song. And um, I, a part of me wished I could fly away. And I say it in the song, like, I wish I could fly away from this place. But mm. then I realized, and I had also just gotten back from traveling around the world. Right. And... For instance, I was in South Africa, I was in Namibia, um, I was in London, like right before I wrote it, and something I noticed that um, we all are in this post-colonial kind of madness, and it's it's the same thing everywhere. I went to Namibia expecting to see like lots of brown people, and it was like taking over, taken over by German. I was in Namibia and couldn't find Namibian food. Wow. I was eating Polish sausages. So... Um, yeah, that, that was the birth of this song, and I, I just couldn't keep up, so I put it into words, and it goes faster and slower in some parts because I'm playing with the rhythm and the words, and yeah, that was that one. Beautiful. So. Well, you know I love everything that you do. I love everything that you do. <laughs> it's great. But, and, and you were kind of talking, you mentioned Sandra Bland, and mm-hmm. um, you, had a, you had a little bit of a, you had a connection with Prairie View a little bit when you were in Houston mm-hmm. um, and with that community. Um didn't know if you had any uh, impressions before, um, before all that went, ha- all that happened there. Before impressions in terms of 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 of, of Prairie View, the community, the students, um, you know. Yeah. Um. So I w- I'm. It's funny because the people listening to this are probably going to be in Houston mostly. Um, hopefully, it makes it way far and extends beyond that, but. Um, I was telling someone today about that incident and about Prairie View. One, my partner was a professor at Prairie View, so I had that connection. Another connection I had, I grew up in northeast Houston, and it is one of the poorest areas in Houston. And if if you know it, it's like off of Homestead Road and Homestead and like Little York and all that. Mm -hmm. And um, my high school was kind of so poor performing it doesn't even exist. I went to Smiley High School, and it's not even a school anymore. You can't even say anything about it. Maybe like 60 to 70% of my friends went to Prairie View. And the other ones went to TSU or went wherever. There was maybe like literally 1% of my class that was like myself and went out of state or got away to go somewhere else. And that just wasn't something that was presented to us. So a lot of my friends went to school with um, Sandy. And a lot of people I know know people that went there. And um, it's funny when I see Hannah out, I'm always like, hey, that's my friend from such and such. And like, I didn't know you knew that person. And I'm always seeing different people that I know just from school or wherever. Yeah. yeah, I, I have a lot of connections to it. I almost ended up going to Prairie View. And I, I also know the connection in terms of Prairie View being an op, and operating underneath the Texas A&M system. And Texas A&M is known for its lack of diversity and its lack of inclusion. Mm. And um, so I think that kind of bleeds over, even though it, it runs this historically black, you know, college slash university. It's, it, the, the, the climate and the tension there, I think, has always been interesting, especially if you're looking at it from a more um, political behind-the-scenes 
aspect. I think the incident kind of just put a lot of things into the limelight that we don't normally see. So, yeah. But love to all my friends and everybody out there that's when I, when I can't be, wish I could be, though. So, yeah. We know that you're with us in spirit. Yeah, I am, yeah. always. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, was, um, I was wondering if you have another song that comes to mind as, as you're thinking about all those memories. Um, memories. Um. <laughs> memories of home, uh, memories of Prairie View, memories of Houston. Um, uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, what song do I want to do? Lots of songs. I need my song list. So I, can, <laughs> I know it's in my repertoire. It's funny. I'm always like, I only have three songs. And my partner's like, Britt, you have like 20. Then I wrote them down. I literally have like 20. <laughs> Just originals. I'm like, you're right. I have 20 songs. Um, I'm going to I'm, I'm tell the story for this song, I think, maybe a little bit before. This song is called Speak Your Truth. And... I think that's something when I when I watch videos of Sandy and I listen to a lot of people who are just socially charged and conscious, that's something that we have to be, I guess, unshakable in doing is speaking our truth. Um, this song tells my story. It tells, I think, a story that everyone needs. I, I ask a lot of questions in my music, and I hope that as you listen to this, um, those questions find you and you, you kind of let your soul answer more than anything. So Speak Your Truth is the name of this. I haven't played it in a while, so hopefully I remember it. Discovered consciousness, I've released the toxic My third eye state woke cause my chakras are aligned I am riding on waves of cosmic energy
was a poet, then they gave me a guitar So I started telling my stories over melodic rhythmic bars They never saw me coming cause I grew up in the hood I was just that little girl known as misunderstood They tried to make me conform, they tried to make me mold They tried to make me a puppet and suck out my soul Uh-uh, yeah, you see I'm smarter than shenanigans Like I like coming from every end I was sent here from the heavens to help the people ascend To transcend, amend, airbend And maybe later you can even bring your lady friend I laid the base of this in just a couple minutes, man It goes to show what you can do when you just focus in Instead of sitting there daydreaming and imagining Speak your truth out loudly Live your life out proudly Be the best version of you So yeah, that's that's kind of my story in a song, and I, I think we all struggle with speaking our truth. And we live in a time where, like, what is the truth? Like, everybody kind of wants to dilute. Um, we all we I always say we live in the age of filters. Mm. Like, we have, we have to filter everything. You have to be politically correct. Um, you you have Instagram. You got all the Instagram filters. So it's like, what does she really look like? What does mm-hmm. he really look like? What does that food really look like? <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we just live in a time of, of all the filters and just just who were we before all these rules and all the, the politics came and yeah, just 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 where do we stand? And especially for me, like I said, I grew up in Northeast Houston, kind of um, I could fit probably like four my house, my, my, my house I grew up in into my house now. <laughs> and um, just yeah, just. It's been a struggle, but it's it's been a beautiful struggle, and just remembering who I am and holding on to that, and still becoming this beautiful human that I am. I think we could all, we all need a little push and a mo- little mm-hmm. bit of motivation sometimes to do that and be that. So, yeah, I love that, and um, the language of loving yourself. You know, we heard that hear that the song like "I love myself." Yeah, yeah. And um, I just saw a meme today uh, with a picture of a group of uh, black women together and saying that you know it pisses off the world when black women love themselves. But what are we supposed to do? Wait for you to do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, that's one of the really prophetic things, the powerful things that you do it is is love yourself, is love the women around you, mm-hmm. um, is be unapologetic about who you are. Um, that's, that's very true. Yeah, very very true. And help others to, you know, when we love ourselves, we help others to do so too. Mm-hmm. So celebrate. Right? <laughs> Alice Walker, uh, in her um, book, uh, "We Are the Ones We Have Been Waiting For," she says that um, we have to stop saying that only saying that life is is struggle, because life is also celebration. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a that's a big part of my journey is you know understanding uh, the womanist the womanist perspective and um, I I was reading a Muharista book where it talked about how white women like myself are raised to expect the Disney princess happy ending and um, 
and most other women in the world uh, accept that la vida es la lucha, life is struggle. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but then uh, Alice Walker reminds us that life is also celebration. Very true. And so it's uh, it's, <clears throat> it's it's beautiful to see the way that you you incarnate that um, through your art and through your life. And uh, it's beautiful to be here at your house um, here in St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. yeah, I say it wrong. I think. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> it's like it's not as bad as um, in Kentucky. There's the city Louisville, mm-hmm. which is it's spelled like Louisville, like L O U I S V I L O E. And I just so happened to befriend someone from Louisville, and he's like, "That's not how you say it. It's Louisville." I'm like, "Who would ever know not to say right?" Like Louisville or Louisville, yeah. like it but it, it's a shibboleth. Yeah. It's how you tell if somebody is from there. Yeah, or not. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who cares? Though? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like people tell me they don't like that I call my city Philly, and I'm like, well, it's my city, so you mm-hmm. know, deal. Um, but down down in, in Houston, we often call it H Town uh, in the house. Yeah. Um, but um, as you have been here in St. Louis, what 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 have you learned? I think that's you know that's unique to your time, your experience here. Learned in terms of personal growth or community growth? What, what, what kind of learning? How about we go with community? <clears throat> community growth. Um, I'm going to relate it to personal and community. So, <laughs> as I Do was thinking... Do whatever you want. Sorry. Do whatever you want, babe. <laughs> Ask a question about a question and then <laughs> don't answer the question. No. Um, so, something, something I've learned, and it's, it goes with the kind of what you were just saying about celebrating um you have to celebrate and embrace the struggle embrace all those parts and also remember to celebrate something I've learned about being here one every city every place everything has its beautiful parts and that goes for us as individuals as well like we could name a list of negative things about someone or something if you want to use a murderer even but there's still something beautiful about that person or that thing or that entity that makes them unique and makes them special and makes them worthy of existence. Like we have to remember we're all in existence. Even if it's the existence of a city, it exists so it it has to be worthy of something mm-hmm. for it to even be here, you know? Um, something I've learned here is just definitely embracing the beautiful parts of the city because I came here with a lot of kind of, I, I was judging it before I even got here. And I came in a very kind of, you know, tense time with the, in the, in the aftermath of the killing of Mike Brown and um, as police brutality became more and more a thing on social media, and I don't think it's never not been a thing. I think we just have these media outlets now that allow us to see it a lot more. Right. Um, but as as that's something that's trending and that's our, our trending social justice thing right now, and don't take me using the word trend as in like this fad, just, right. it's just more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to learn to love this city because I kind of I've lived again I've, I've traveled and I've been living in the Bay Area for a while before here and I'm from Houston and I've seen a lot of things and um, I've seen diversity like I've lived in places where there were people there were monks walking down my street you know and that's not something I see here so just learning to love love the ugly parts and love the beautiful parts mm. but know that the beautiful parts are always there um that, that's something I've gotten from here because the arts community here is so rich and so powerful and not in a way you think like, oh, there's like all these art galleries, but just in terms of artists wanting to do murals for social justice and people using right. their artistry to raise money for social justice and awareness. Um, 
it's something like I've never experienced and I honestly did not expect it from here. And I had to let my own guard down and kind of release my, release all my ideas of how St. Louis is and can't be any other way to, to fully experience the city. Um, and it's still a lot of work to be done. Like it's still very black and white as is a lot of America, but it's definitely some beautiful parts. And again, that relates to me as a person too. So, so do you have a, a recent song you've written um, that the city <laughs> has inspired? <laughs> that the city has inspired, or that, that your life here has inspired? Um, you know what's funny? I've, I've I've been loving a lot since I've been here. <laughs> so um, I've, I've fallen in love with a lot of things, and one of them is myself and 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 my family, and just I've, I've, this has been a year of love for me. Um, I'm trying to think of a song. I'm, I'm kind of wanting to play a love song. That's why I said that. But um, <laughs> the, the mic is yours. The mic is you mine. Can, you can play what you want. Um, let's see. Do I have a city about being in St. Louis? I wrote a song yesterday, but I'd have to play on the piano. It's not. It's not a guitar song. Um, let's see. I don't know if I remember. I was, I was making sure. I, I was going to play it louder. I was making sure. Oh. I, was, I remembered it. That's what happens when you she, write. She saw me reaching to turn up the game <laughs> on the mic. That's what happens when you write uh, 20 songs in like three months. You forget them sometimes. So yeah. you have to go in your mental, your mental uh, data bank and see what's happening. Um, this one's called Transcendent Love Affair. And um, I'm going to play a love song too, and it may seem irrelevant. But love is at root what we need and like a lot of people believe in all these like mixed emotions I think you have love and you have fear and everything falls on one of those two sectors and so um, if, if we had more love we'd have more peace obviously so um, and transcendent love affair it's, it's, it's about a spiritual love and just kind of like a mental love so mm-hmm. I'm 
on, so let me hold your soul Straddle your mind and you can take me for a ride On intellectual thought Feed my sapio I wanna love, I wanna love you Right, transcending love We were just talking about celebration. I actually say that in that song. It that's, was perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. It's beautiful. A song about everything. I have a beautiful. song about songs. Spiritual love, transcendent love. Yeah. And you're a, I know your your handle on, on Instagram is the spiritual gangster. <laughs> so what is what does being a spiritual being mean to you? Being a spiritual being or being mm-hmm. a spiritual gangster? <laughs> well, either one. Um well, I think the gangster part comes when I, I rap, and most people don't ever <laughs> expect that. I didn't expect that from myself either, and I think it's part of that growing up on the north side in Houston. Um, I had to be a gangster sometimes in order to survive. Um, my spirituality, I, I meditate. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not really a yogi. I do carpeta, but that's it's not being a yogi. Um, I believe in, in something bigger than myself. I don't, I don't necessarily limit my um, spirituality to a particular religion. Um, I was raised Christian. I totally believe in Jesus. Um, but as I've traveled the world, like I totally believe in Buddha now too a little bit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's it's just as strong to them as Christianity is to to my upbringing and everything. Um, I I believe that we always have to center ourselves. We always have to um, we have to we have to be connected, and we can't. We can't only believe in ourselves and our ability as humans. Even even if for some crazy reason or if there is some something happens and 
and nothing that we want to believe in is real and God isn't real in all of this. I think in order to survive as humans, we have to believe in something bigger than ourselves. Um, and, and that's not knocking anyone's beliefs, but um, I think my spirituality is strongly laced around that. I, I don't think I would write my songs as well as I do or do anything as good as I did if I didn't believe that there was something more powerful than me um, helping me to do it. It's almost like when you think it's only you, it gets a little narcissistic and you're kind of um, like, it, it, it just, it, it I, I just believe in, I just believe in something bigger. And that's, that's to me what spirituality is. You have to believe in something greater than you that's helping you move and trudge through this because it's a crazy, crazy world. Um, Totally and we can't do it alone. <laughs> so there's there's something out there. There is a God d- helping me and helping those around me. And even if you don't believe there's a God, I'm going to tell you he's helping you. That's actually, um, so I'm United Methodist clergy. Yeah. As, 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 and one of the things that I love about the tradition that I'm in is a concept called provenient grace, which is... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's that shop talk but all that it means is that that god is at work uh seeking to bring you healing whether or not you even realize it realize it or not yeah Yeah, that that god loves us so much that god that god is working to heal us even if we're not aware of it that we don't have to like you know um do something for it to happen but it's just happening because Mm -hmm. of the you know the the love of god that's flowing through all around us you know and that's 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 something i like about my tradition um but um, yeah, feel the love. Feel yeah. The love. Um, I was um, the other thing. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was, you know, yesterday we were kind of walking down the street and talking mm-hmm. about something, you know, um, another source of hope and strength, you know, that uh, let the puppy out. Yeah. <laughs> another source of of hope and strength for the journey and for the movement. Um, which is which is the children, and um, you know, uh, we were talking about how how Sandra Bland, when she started off her video series, you know, she said um, that she was doing this for her nieces and nephews, you know, mm-hmm. that she wanted their voices to be heard and her, their questions and how they were experiencing the world, <laughs> the puppish, and how the how the different things that were happening in the news impacted them. Um, you know, especially uh, she kind of zeroed in on on around uh, police brutality. Um, and how the, uh, the the stories that they were hearing on the news, particularly on you know Black Lives Matter, which was uh, she was a Black Lives Matter activist, and around how those were affecting her niece and nephew. And so I know that you were you know you have you ha- have have kids here, mm-hmm. um, and we were kind of talking about um, about the impact on them. So I was wondering if you wanted to share about that again. Um. Absolutely. There's there are kids screaming in the background, like playfully, <laughs> not not in distress. <laughs> if you can hear that. Um, oh, where to start? Um, I, I think I kind of started our conversation the other day, and I was talking about my eight year old, who who again today was kind of on a. Um, he's he's been very very present to everything that's happening with the struggles and stuff. Today, um, I t- I took them to. A, to a graphic arts class they've been like doing this kind of arts workshop thing and they were learning how to use photoshop and everything on the computer and there was a classroom of maybe like like six kids and it was um my son amari his sister sakari 
um, their cousin and then three other kids. So we kind of almost took over the whole class because we're, we're cool like that. But um, no, and the, all the other kids were kind of making like Spider-Man graphics and they all wanted to do like the most typical, you know, little kid stuff. They all wanted to do Spidey and Batman or whatever. And Amari ended up, and I, I got there late. I had a meeting this morning, but when I got there, he was showing me his picture. And I, after seeing like four Spider-Mans and kind of being over it, he walks up to me and he has a picture of Martin Luther King with the microphone and it's oh, wow. like the picture um, it's one of the most famous pictures of him when he was giving them um, I Have a Dream speech mm-hmm. and he took it and he made it really cool and he kind of did this embedded thing and inverted the colors and yeah yeah he showed it to me yeah, yeah it's it's really cool Like, and that's what he chose to do and it's funny um, his younger cousin Kingston who's downstairs somewhere um, Kingston was saying like why did you want to do that and Amari kind of in this very like angry way but like being <laughs> very like trying to help the situation was like don't you know if it wasn't for Martin Luther King you'd still be a slave and I I forget the other thing he said look you'd still be a slave and like be getting beat up or something like by the police and it was kind of like well yeah but he kind of was essentially just saying like if it wasn't for this person like you wouldn't have your freedom um and and he's he's a so y'all have taught him well yeah, yeah, and that's that's what the woman actually took his art and put it on display. Um, they're gonna put it in a gallery there, wow. and it's really cool. And I and it's funny because it's like looking at it, like we could probably do it, but I think it's the fact the uniqueness that this eight year old kid wanted to it. do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, aside from that, though, he's he's been asking a lot of really tough questions. He's he's at that age where everything is important. He wants to know how not to um, how not to be in trouble with the police. And, and I think that's interesting in the climate that we live in, just trying to raise him to be a young black male and raise his sister to be a young black woman in, in a time that's so, so tense. And not that it hasn't been tense, but I think a lot of us kind of felt like we, we made a lot of progress beyond this and we weren't going to have to deal with these things. So I think a lot of people kind of stopped teaching their children this, whereas if it was 1963, it was kind of a constant conversation. Like, this is how you protect yourselves and whatever. But... Um, yeah, it's been interesting having those tough conversations with him and um, trying to get him to appreciate his blackness and to be strong in being a, a young man, but at the same time, keeping him aware and keeping him um, engaged and present to everything that's happening. And and I was thinking after we talked about it the other day too, Hannah, like, a part of me, I don't want him to walk around afraid, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's it's no fun living in fear. It's like, how do you... How do Having you, to take away someone's innocence. Yeah, I, I want to preserve his innocence, but it's like, how much of his innocence do I preserve and how... Obviously, he's interested in it. Like, I could be raising, like, the next, you know, whomever. Like, I, right. I don't know. And so, like, if that's his mission and his calling, too, because he's, he's way more invested in it than a lot of kids I know. It's just, how do I keep him as an 8-year-old and not fearing... Like, even when we see police in the car, he's kind of freaking out. And, like, I don't mm. want him to be eight and freaking out about the police. Yeah. Um, well, and the toll, we were talking yesterday about the toll that that takes on your body when you're experiencing um, a higher level of, of bodily stress mm-hmm. from such an early age as a person of color in this nation and even the health consequences that can have. Very true. Um, and, yeah, and, and then that's something. I don't want him to have anxiety and... Um, and all of that but it's it's an interesting conversation and I think youth are definitely at the root it's funny because um, in another meeting I had the other day someone asked the question do we just wait for all the old people to die <laughs> and then like recreate this new world and I was like we have to remember that we are like the quote unquote old people and the elders in this older generation are instilling their values into the younger generations mm-hmm. so 
we can't just wait for them all to die because we right. have we have to be present now and building up these people who are. When a great example of that in the news recently, you know, was this, the young women who put the N-word on their, you know, mm-hmm. they, they had letters on their T-shirts and mm-hmm. they decided to arrange themselves to spell out the N-word. Um, and then there was another incident in South Carolina recently where a young man, I don't know if it was a Facebook rant or something that he was, he was making about um, uh, very dangerous rhetoric. Um, kind of KKK kind of talk, mm-hmm. and um, these are these are children in school that are doing this stuff, and so you know, it, it's in a certain manner of speaking. Not only mm-hmm. do we not have to wait for the older folks to die off, but in some cases, there's a lot of older folks that are great allies in this struggle, Definitely. and we're actually going to need them and need their wisdom to 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 dismantle what is a harmful system. Definitely. Um. It's funny too, cause the the girls who had the N word on their shirts, um, I, I I was as I was reading the article and I saw like they immediately like expelled them from school or they were suspended or something. Right. I can't remember the exact I mean, punishment. Suspended, yeah, suspended. No, definitely not expelled. Um, More of a slap on the wrist kind of thing. Yeah, but it was still that thing for me. Like, even though they're being punished, I I kept asking the question. And I was asking my partner. And she was like, Britt, I don't know. Britt, I don't know. And I was like, to what extent were they? did they educate the girls about what they did was wrong? Because it's mm. like if they're in a... Yeah. In a county or community where that's not something they talk about, that they literally just say, "Hey, girls, this was bad. You're gonna get ex- you're gonna get um, right. suspended, and that's it." Or did someone actually teach them about accountability and have this conversation with them and sit them down and discuss it and talk about it? And I think that's something that we have to do with all of our youth and anyone who's kind of, I guess, what we would consider like a negative portrayal of how we would want to. Right. Just, just that negative energy. We, we have to have these conversations with these people because some people know, some people don't know. And whereas we could, because it's so deeply embedded in our psyche, we can't just keep going about saying, oh, that's bad, throw this person in jail. Oh, this is wrong, let's do this. Right. These discussions and these, these fostered dialogues are really important. Like somebody needs, people need to stop saying, oh my God, F those girls, they're crazy, they're bad. Oh my right. God, they're racist, they're racist. Perhaps what they did was racist in intention, but we have to educate each other and and that's again where the the older generations come in because they've had to have these conversations and they lived in a time and a climate where they had to educate people who were oppressing them in the exact moment to take them out of it like if you think in terms of like desegregation and stuff like that 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 was a lot of work to be done you know what i mean and those children there's a couple women at at the church where i work at that they were like the first Mm african-american child at their school and things like that and i'm like and you walked in there at like six years old by yourself. Yeah, and it's like, warriors. did, did like someone prepare warriors. you for that? Yeah, and you know they said not really, but th- they were well supported at home. But you know, I just I can't even fathom the courage and the wisdom that they had to have at such a young mm-hmm. age to have done that. Like it blows my mind. Yeah, um, random. There was a there's a movie theater here um, called Moolah. I have to think of what it's called. I'm still getting familiar. Um, Moolah had a showing on Martin Luther King Day, actually, and it showed something I've never seen, and I, th- I thought I knew a lot about the movement and struggle and stuff. It was actually um, children's roles in the protest during um, during desegregation uh-huh. and everything, and it actually showed us in Mobile, Alabama, the children walked out of schools and they had mass... Um, they went to prison in, in mass. Wow. And I'm talking like eight-year-olds 
And it was something that was so remarkable that I'd never, never seen. And I was like, why don't they teach us this? Why don't they teach our kids this? And it just showed the power of youth. And they had the adults who organized the kids. They literally, I think the first day, maybe 900 people went to jail and it was all kids. And they made a call on the radio and they were saying they had this kind of secret language. They were saying, kids, there's going to be a party tonight. Bring your toothbrushes. It's a sleepover. And they all knew that that was their call to action, essentially. They were going to get their toothbrushes (laughs) and they were going to have to go to jail and the parents were like just irate and like didn't understand but it was that movement that actually gave us some of the strongest power and mobilization to get them out of the struggle um to get to to help you know move everything along um i forget exactly what the other um what what the protest outside of that was happening but it was like people were like who did you pay to have these kids come out here and it was like no these kids chose themselves to go and, you know, it, it became a fun thing for them, too. And they even showed when they were using the water hoses and things like that, um, how they would band together and they would stand. And, like, people kind of felt bad because it was kids. And that's what actually got um, President Kennedy when he saw that that's what was happening. Wow. President Kennedy was like, there are children that you're throwing in jail. And, like, now what once was a, a war against adults became this war of adults against these little colored and brown children. And he was like, this has to stop. Wow. We have to stop this. So, um yeah, it was it was really powerful, and I I'd never seen that piece of history. We have ever. to we have to tell these stories. We yeah. have to, and you know the um, they started this this year they started a, um, di- a Sandra Bland Diversity Institute at DuPage African Methodist Episcopal Church in Ch- the Chicagoland area, mm-hmm. um, at, in in honor of of Sandra Bland to educate young children mm-hmm. about these stories, and um, and so they were intentionally telling the stories of people like, that we see now that are you know kind of. Uh, staples of the civil rights history or people that we've never heard of mm-hmm. but it's specifically the stories of what they did when they were children and so um that's that's really cool if they haven't told the story that you just told Gotta i, find I it hope that next it. year yeah. they next year they find that and teach the kids about it if they yeah. haven't already it's a brief do- i mean in terms of documentary it's only maybe like 53 minutes or something we weren't in the movies very long so i feel like um, we, we underestimate our children and what they're capable of and um you know and maybe that's you know maybe that's a piece of the struggle that um that we do put so much pressure on our millennial generation and it's like we need our elders mm-hmm. um we need our children to to solve these things um it's going to take all of us mm-hmm. so yeah that that's that's been a big conversation for me too not just in terms of um just generational gaps and things like that but um I think about in the movement and you have all these pieces and you have those who are, you know, all for nonviolent direct action. And then you have those who are more militant and Mm -hmm. you have those who we can even go, the people who want to fight for the environment. And we get so angry at each other. And it's like someone might not like the way that you, you know, Hannah, you're you're being an activist, but then someone might not like the way I'm doing it. And for me, it's like I want to sing songs about this. And then for you, you're like, I'm going to go sit at Waller County every day. And people tend to get angry with us, um, believe it or not. And something that's been so big for me, and I always relate it back to the movie The Butler, if, if anyone's seen it, and it, it ha- definitely has its ups and its downs and, it, right. and its flaws. But in that movie, the butler was kind of upset with his son because his son wanted to go be like, what was the Black Panther Party right. in the movie? And he himself, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh the, the guy who played him, whatever. Um, but the main character, the butler, he was kind of, he was, in his mind, he was like, if I show that I'm a respectable black man, 
that's my way of penetrating the system and they can see that I can use their you know big words and their fancy dialogue and I can kind of use their own rhetoric right. against them and have this Forrest Whitaker no Forrest yeah that's his name Forrest yeah. Whitaker yeah you're right you're right thank you um, and it's so interesting because they were so angry at each other and the, the dad was like I, I can't believe my son's out there doing it that's not the way you're gonna make change and the son kind of thought his dad was a coward in the movie because he was just like how dare you go serve these white people you know and it's yeah. like we need everybody you do need those people who are gonna show them right. that like this is one way of being and yeah. you need we're we're all necessary and, and his son learns to appreciate that he does and mm-hmm. it's it's like we don't we we take for granted how we're all helping in this movement even if it's somebody that's going to go pass out flyers yeah. like we're all important you know what yeah, i mean it's, like it's, it's interesting because i just am coming from this movie meeting right where we were talking about you know working to eliminate racism mm-hmm. and there was another um clergy woman there who you know i'm kind of the uh i'm the person who kind of says inflammatory uncomfortable things <laughs> <It's okay>. and, <laughs> and she i mean and and she you know she she said i'm more of an incremental change person Mm -hmm. and you know and the reality is that um i i wouldn't feel comfortable doing what she's doing and she wouldn't feel comfortable about doing what i'm doing Mm -hmm. but they're both necessary definitely you know you need to you know somebody to be building a foundation so that you know you have some some when you have justice you have something to bring it home to you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um uh, but yeah, so I think we're we're probably uh, we could talk forever, but I do have to get to the airport. So. You do have to get to the airport. <laughs> I, but I was wondering if you want to close with a song. I will. Um, I have a puppy on my lap. I'll hold the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. It's funny. He's he's always been gray. He just looks like an old man. He's not really that old. <laughs> he's just gray. <laughs> um, this song is called Need Won't Feel More. I don't know when to stop it, so whenever you want to stop it, it just, it doesn't have very many words either, but, um, yeah.
Thank you, friends. You're welcome. This has <laughs> been The Shout coming at you today from St. Louis, Missouri with Britt Baker. Becca and Poppy. And Poppy's the puppy. Poppy the puppy. <laughs> Thank you for being with us here for our first shout out podcast. And um, we will see you soon. We will hear you later. Hopefully, I can be in Houston sometime soon, too. Yeah. I, I gotta come back and see my we friends bring and it, my fam. Bring yeah. home. Can you see? I don't know how to end this now. Yeah, I don't either. It's, we gotta say bye. We have to goodbye. say bye. We okay. love you. Well, friends, <laughs> be heard and make others heard as well.